This week's episode of Hello Craft is sponsored by Etsy. Etsy is the place to buy and sell all things handmade. Check it out at Etsy.com, E-T-S-Y.com. Welcome to the HelloCraft Podcast, Episode 5. I'm Tina Seamonster, and each week I collect stories of your handmade life. This week's episode is our super special holiday episode. It collects three stories about making and giving handmade for the holidays. Story number one, Unicorn Sweater. Hello, Craft. My name is Kelly, and I knit gun cozies. When I was growing up, I had a unicorn obsession. My room was cluttered with unicorn figurines, my bedding was all unicorns, and even my curtains had unicorns on them. One summer, I was helping my mother around the house, cleaning or some such, and she came across a clearly forgotten yellow plastic bag. She opened it up and exclaimed, oh, I totally forgot about this. It was supposed to be your Christmas present, but here you go, and she handed it to me. Inside was was a red sweatshirt that she had started to cross-stitch a unicorn onto. This was definitely not the first time that I had received a misplaced present meant for the holidays, and it certainly wasn't the last. The unicorn was unfinished and still had all the embroidery thread and hoop and everything needed for the pattern with it inside the bag. But I loved it. It was a unicorn after all. Kellyrand.com. Thanks, Tina. Bye. Story number two. The Christmas tree skirt that outed me. Hello, craft. My name is Tina, and I make zombie finger puppets. Okay, let me set the scene here for you. I grew up with many religions. My mother comes from an Italian Catholic family. My father's family was a big mix of his sometimes Jewish father and my half Native American grandmother, who turned to fundamentalist Christianity in the 80s so that she could quit smoking. It worked, but left my childhood full of tales of Armageddon. So the most religion I ever got consisted of ornate Catholic funerals and creepy televangelists. Of course, by the time I became an adult, I was not in the least bit interested in organized religion. And I found that I could be pretty quiet about this. Until this one day. I remember it was the middle of the summer when we went to clean out my Aunt Thelma's little senior citizen apartment. She couldn't take care of herself anymore, so she moved into assisted living. I went because I'm a bit of a scavenger and love old photos and um, wanted to help. <laughs> and kind of get some old photos. I was astonished with what we found. There was nearly an entire closet of this tiny apartment full of Christmas decorations. No one else helping out seemed to think this was odd, but for me, who had never had a Christmas tree as an adult, it was really kind of weird. In the mix were these horrible, you know, rustic snowmen that you get on clearance at Kohl's after Christmas, big advent calendars counting down the days to Christmas, snow globes and nutcrackers, everything. Then there were the handmade things, things that I remembered very, very fondly from my great-grandmother's house when I was a kid. I called my great-grandma Old Ma because, well, I had a lot of grandmothers and she was the oldest. She was my great-grandma. And her house at Christmas time was just truly magical. These handmade things were the best in the closet. The giant three-foot Santa face made of fluff and crochet that hung from the front door. There he was in a garment bag. Oh my goodness, I was so excited to see him. The many Cupid dolls with big red and white crocheted dresses circling around them. They were all lined up. But no one offered me these things. Instead, my Aunt Teresa pushed a Christmas tree skirt my way and embroidered on it, oh so delicately, was the scene in the manger, complete with a little baby Jesus. This piece was too nice to be from Kohl's, but I didn't remember seeing anyone make it during those long lost hours that I spent in my old ma's house when I was little. 
I would watch them, my great-grandmother and my grandmother and my Aunt Thalma, play cootie and smoke cigarettes and eat nonpareils, and sometimes in between these things they would make things. And then underneath the Christmas tree skirt, the word Thalma was stitched, leading me to believe that she had either made it herself or someone had made it for her. A lump formed in my throat as I waved it away. No thanks, I said. I, um, don't have a Christmas tree. What do you mean you don't have a Christmas tree? She asked. I felt like a rat in a cage. How would I get out of this one without taking home the baby Jesus? Why couldn't I just take the giant Santa head, I thought. I loved him even though he smelled of smoke and was slightly yellow. Um, I don't really believe in that stuff, you know. I said really, really fast and walked out of the room. (laughs) There, I said it. It was over. This was gonna be okay. But she came after me. Well, what do you believe in? Teresa said, following me to the living room. And before I could get out another word, she was calling to my uncle. Mike, Tina doesn't have a Christmas tree and doesn't believe in Christmas. It kind of felt like one of those, you know, claymation movies where someone doesn't believe in Christmas and they yell it really loud. Crap, now the whole place was involved. Next, I would be hearing from my mother who was wrapping up the kitchen's million and one salt and pepper shakers. Do you celebrate Easter, she asked. She was very concerned. Um, no, I replied. Halloween, she questioned. Sure, I like Halloween, I said, offhandedly. Are you a Satanist? Her eyes widened. Mike, Tina is a Satanist. I sighed. Of course not. It's a pretty big stretch to get from not believing in Jesus to being a Satanist, I said. Plus, I'm too lazy to be a Satanist. That sounds like a lot of work. I just don't want a Christmas tree skirt with a baby Jesus in a manger, okay? I said it sternly and quickly. Can we stop talking about it? Okay, she said. But I knew it wasn't okay. For a long time after that, she looked at me differently, as if I had this tiny part of me that was broken somehow. I bet she doesn't even remember this exchange, but that darn Christmas tree skirt sure did out me. Not as a Satanist, (laughs) but as a non-believer. And in some ways, I'm kinda glad. I love the lights and excitement of Christmas just as much as anyone else. I love train sets and watching a Charlie Brown Christmas. I love pecan pie and snow globes. And I get to see the giant three-foot Santa head on my mother's door when I go over on Christmas morning. And that is enough for me. Story number three, Maximum Sentimental Impact. My name is Megan O'Malley of O Ginger on Etsy. Giving handmade for the holiday has been a family tradition of mine for generations. More often than not, my family defaults to making handmade ornaments for one another. My grandmother would crochet, knit, and she would put together some of the most exquisite ornaments for friends and loved ones. And some of my most precious memories stem around hanging the ornaments she gave me on the tree every year, including this little angel that she painted with red hair on top just to look like me. My mom also gets into the handmade giving. In years past, she's made clothing, ornaments, and she even made me a multi-level dollhouse. And this year, she set aside months like since July, to handcraft every single one of her Christmas cards, including over a dozen that were personalized. And this year, I've mass-produced felt ornaments with embroidery and ribbon and little pom-poms. And I give them to friends and family and coworkers. I've used a cookie cutter even to create the shape of a train, and I stitched the logo for the old Southern Railway onto it because my grandfather was an engineer for them. And when I sent it to my mom and she opened it up, she cried. Giving handmade for the holiday allows me to tailor and personalize my gifts for maximum sentimental impact. I cannot imagine not spending hours on my sofa creating for people I love. I've taken the time even to teach my goddaughter Ruby how important it is to make handmade things for loved ones during the holidays too. 
By establishing a generational tradition of giving handmade, it ensures that friends and family can see the love that's wrapped up and shared, and the presents don't have to come from a big box store. You know, after all the tragedies of this holiday season, including the economy, those insane customer stampedes, and long lines, focusing on inexpensive gifts filled with love and thoughtfulness that are made from the heart with the hands, well, I just can't think of a better way to show the people in my life that I care. Happy holidays, Hello Craft. Well, thanks to Kelly and Megan for sharing your stories with us. We loved hearing them. Now we want to hear from you. This podcast is totally listener-generated. If you would like to share your story about making or buying handmade for the holidays, you can call our toll-free listener voicemail line at 888-317-3785. It's an 888 number, not an 800 number. But we also want to hear your funny and silly and sad stories of everyday making and buying handmade. The call is free in the U.S., but standard rates apply outside of the U.S. Tell us your story in five to seven minutes. Start it out the same way that we did. Hello, Craft. My name is blank, and I make blank. Be sure to tell us your blog or shop URL at the end. You can get all of this info plus much, much more online at hellocraft.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back next week for another episode of Hello Craft. Hello Craft is produced by me, Tina C. Monster, and edited by the lovely Chrissy Downing. Intro and outro music by Winter Brief. Winter Brief.